This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hey folks, welcome along to another episode of Looking Under the Hood where we are unpacking the money stuff. I'm Scott Malcolm and this is the Money Mechanics Podcast. Today I'm joined by someone who probably doesn't need much of an introduction, a gold medalist, a long distance swimmer, but also a fellow finance geek these days and we'll uh, we'll get into what he's doing nowadays in a, in a moment. But um we are talking to Grant Hackett. So welcome along, Grant. Great to have you on the podcast. G'day, Scott. How are you? Thanks very much for uh, having me on. Fantastic to have you here. And look, we've been asking all our guests about an early happy money memory. So I know we were talking a bit earlier about uh, a couple of those memories. But yeah, what, what's uh, what's a memory for you around uh, the money stuff? It's, it's really funny. I've probably got two really explicit memories when I think back to, to when I was a teenager or a kid. And um, the, the first one is a non-financial one, but it was an incentive that my dad gave me. This is back in 1985 when I was just literally learning how to swim. I was in the public lanes. My brother was training hard, but I was kind of like mucking around. And anyway, he said, look, if you learn how to dive, I'll buy you that toy, which was called a Voltron. And it was the first bit of an incentive, probably around something that was, you know, relating to money. And I was like, oh God, I've got to get that. I've, I was hanging to get this toy. Anyway, I ran up to the, the local swimming coach and I asked him and like within 10 minutes as a five-year-old, I, I knew how to dive off the blocks into the water. So, and to his credit, dad went and bought the toy and I got it. So I thought, score, this swimming thing's not 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 all bad. The, the other one that I, I remember that relates directly to, to money was... Um, back in, uh, it was early 1997, so I was a 16-year-old. I just made my first national swim team. And, you know, I had no money. Like, you're scratching yourself to get to these meets to qualify for things to, to get on national teams. And I won two gold medals at the World Championships, and I won a bronze medal. And I won all this prize money and medal incentive scheme money, and it, was, it added up to, to $54,000, and I honestly thought I was Bill Gates. I thought I couldn't, I couldn't actually fathom how much money that was. You know, I was a kid in high school and I just got this big chunk of cash and I was like, oh my God, like this is incredible. So that was pretty overwhelming, but that was probably my earliest memory of getting a, you know, this huge lump sum of cash and particularly at such a young age. I had really good guidance from my parents, so I was pretty fortunate. Fantastic. And, and thanks for sharing those. And, and it is, we say on this podcast so often that it's those early memories and, and the things that sort of help form our, our then future behavior. And probably another whole podcast episode in talking to, to athletes about the grit that goes into actually getting there and then when you're actually making the, the big lots of money. But uh, I won't go down that rabbit hole today because um, we, we are here to talk about uh, a very different uh, subject. But you, you work for a company called Gen Life or, or Generation Life, and it's probably one of the oldest forms of financial product that uh, I often explain it to people in the way that a insurance bond or an imputation bond is literally the things that the people used to financial planners used to go and knock on doors to to sell to people back in the day and I guess the reason I, I like how they've evolved over time and the innovations that have happened in that space is that they are actually quite a, a good financial product at the end of the day um, in regards to people being able to save and, and do some other things have you got a, a quick rundown on what imputation bonds are or what insurance bonds are 
So I guess, yeah, Generation Life, we're, we're the market leader in this space. So we, we've actually even evolved the names. We don't call them insurance bonds anymore. We call them investment bonds because we've, you know, there's so much to, to choose from these days compared to sort of 30, 40 years ago when these products were were first out and about. And they were the quarter of the size of superannuation back in the, the late 80s, sorry. So it was a, a huge space um, in terms of financial services. And then obviously the changes in 1992 to super with the super guarantee really made everyone shift their focus into that 15% tax environment. But when it comes to an investment bond, as we call it, it's really just a legal structure. You know, so when you think of other legal structures that you can invest through, whether it's your own name, whether it's uh, your superannuation, whether it's um, you know, a trust or a company or anything like that. That's exactly what investment bond is. It's just a legal structure that you choose your investments in. Now, the most comparable legal structure that we have is superannuation. And the reason that's the case is because that's an after-tax paying structure. And that's exactly what an investment bond is. But instead of having a headline rate of 15%, we have a headline rate of 30%. So anyone obviously on a higher tax rate than that will receive a tax arbitrage. So they'll be able to increase their after-tax return. And look, we've done so many innovations in this space because of I guess some of the product features and tax rules that we have um, within our investment bond and a lot of our effective tax rates actually sit at around that 12 to 17% uh, percent range for our, for our funds. So, you know, people sitting on tax rates higher than that, <clears throat> obviously they're making great returns, but there's a lot of ancillary benefits when, when it comes to this particular legal structure of an investment bond, uh, such as it's credit protected under the Bankruptcy Act, um, estate planning, um, you can have it as a non-estate asset. So you've got blended families or you want to leave money to someone else outside of the family or you know, any sort of nuance or permutation that you're looking for in your estate planning, an investment bond is a fantastic vehicle to be able to utilize that for. And, and the real difference between the yesterday's product versus today is that you can choose any investment option that you want, really. So across every asset class, multiple options within each, build your own portfolio. So it's come a long way since, you know, the, the, the 70s or 80s. Um, when people were getting these hands on these products quite a bit in terms of the investment menu and the product features that are attached to it. So yeah, it's grown a lot, the business over the last few years, and we're doing anywhere from sort of 40 to, to up to $75 million worth of inflows a month into the business. So it's an exciting space because especially, uh, again, on the strategy side of things and look often say to people, it's really around the, the context of people's own game plan around the money. And so for people who have maxed out superannuation, uh, insurance bonds can become a really good savings vehicle or investment vehicle as well to, to complement that. Uh, as a bit of a segue, and I'm, I'm probably jump, jumping around in circles here, but um, and I know you don't want to call it an investment bond or, or sorry, an insurance bond. You want to call it an investment bond these days. But but how does someone go from winning gold medals uh, in Olympics to to selling life insurance? Yeah, good good question. It's funny, and I absolutely love it too. It's I'm every bit as passionate about financial services as I was about swimming. Um, for me, I always loved finance. So I, I was literally, you know, trading shares, investing as a teenager. I was I was really into financial services. I had a real passion around it. And, um, you know, I, once I finished high school, I went straight to university along with, you know, my swimming career and going into the Sydney Olympics and I was studying commerce law. But I always wanted to go into, um, you know, I was looking at investment banking or commercial banking. I ended up going down the commercial retail banking arm. And because uh, I was sitting down in 2003, I sat down with um, the 2IC at Macquarie Bank and also a gentleman by the name of Rob Coombe, who was the BTCO at the time. And 
really got a lot of direction um, from those two individuals. And that was five years out from, from my retirement from swimming. And then as soon as I finished swimming, um, went straight into to retail commercial banking at Westpac, really enjoyed um, the opportunity that I had there and ran many different portfolios everywhere from sort of distribution into to marketing and some operational side of the business. So for me, I, I got great exposure into that world and, <clears throat> and I've always just loved commerce. So I've been involved with a, a numerous um, sort of businesses over my time over the last kind of, you know, sort of 15 or 16 years. And then the opportunity with um, Generation Life, well, Ostock as it was known back then, really came around when Rob Coombe, who was that guy that I sat down with and got that sort of direction and, and mentoring around what my career post-swimming was going to look like, said, you know, I've got this business that I want to go into and chair and um, I've got a personal equity stake into it. Would you come in? I'd love you to head up the growth side of the business and the sales side of the business. And so I went in and did that. And um, that was kind of five years ago. And the business has evolved um, a lot since then. We've literally, you know, four or five times the size. We've bought into other businesses as well. Um, we're a listed entity. Um, market capitalization is probably up four or five times. So um, it's re- been a real, you know, great opportunity. And it's something I've always enjoyed doing. And, and I think for me, I've always loved financial services and the various products that are in finance. But um, I've always loved uh, the people side of it as well um, and the opportunity to be able to help and support people and try and get the best out of them. Um, you know, I was team captain when I was swimming. And it's funny because my when I got that that title after being on the team for a few years, my coach was actually really worried that the effort that I would put into everyone else would detract from my own performance. And it was funny when I got that particular title as, as captain of the national swim team, I actually ended up performing better. Um, and that's the sort of person I am. I, I find that if I put into to others, it actually comes back to you tenfold. And I've found that in business and, and everything that I'm doing now, as soon as you invest in other people and put the time in, that supports recreated back and that energy sort of grows and, and you, you, you develop this bond between people. So for me, it wasn't just the, the sort of product or the opportunity around the, the commercial side of business, but it's, it's really the people leadership side that I enjoy and seeing people get the absolute best out of themselves or more than what they thought they could get out of themselves. And I guess that goes probably to show with, with regards to that mindset and, and how you, you approach business as well as probably how you approach swimming back in the day as well, the, the innovation side as well. And um, that's probably the really interesting topic I want to talk to you about today. So again, we've talked about the oldest financial product in the uh, in the market. We're probably talking about a, a new innovation within uh, one a similar old product being a, an annuity. But Gen Life is sort of going down that path to, and again, 101 for people listening at home who go on oh, annuities, what are they? We, we do have a lot of clients who are in the public service or public sector, and so they're fortunate enough to get one of those government uh, income streams for, for life. And so they basically pay their money in and then you get you get paid a, a pension for the rest of your life. And so annuities uh, are similar to that. Um, but in the private market, there's annuity providers where you basically build up your, your savings over time. And then you say, right, okay, now it's down to drawdown phase. And we want to be able to keep living our, our life without having to go to work anymore. And so annuities are then a, a product that you can start to look at. And so what are you doing or, or where the, the innovation in that space come from, I guess? It's been a really interesting journey. So we, we always had this vision of going into lifetime annuities. And I think to your point, Scott, that people, you know, that, you know, work in the public sector that have got these, they know the value of them. So they're, they're a really powerful product. Um, when they're put together with everything else that you're doing in retirement in terms of being able to to fund that, that last probably 30 years, almost the same as your working life, um, once you're in that sort of decumulation phase. Um, and for us, we, we were looking at, um, you know, the sort of traditional lifetime annuities, which are those kind of fixed fixed rate, fixed interest, CPI type linked products. And 
you know, in the contracting interest rate environment that we've been in for the last, you know, sort of decade plus, they weren't really that attractive. They didn't provide enough value, even though you get that uplift in, you know, your social security um, entitlements, such as your age pension, et cetera, because of the discounts that are applied when you take out these sort of products on the assets and the income test. So for us, we were doing literally a global search on what are the products out there that are in this space. And we came across an investment-linked lifetime annuity, which ours is now named Life Income. And we thought, how good would it be if you could actually take out, you know, put a bit of your capital from your account-based pension into one of these particular products, you know, it's probably 20 or 30% of your overall balance, and get that income stream for life and know that it's guaranteed that income stream, um, increase your age pension, but at the same time, link it to investments and be able to switch those investments at any point in time and build your own portfolio. You know, you can sort of go diversified or single sector or, you know, even a core satellite approach, whatever you, whatever you want to choose. And so when we looked into it, the more and more in the modeling that we did, we just thought this is a really exciting opportunity. And this is really complimentary for financial advisors and their clients in terms of, you know, being able to look at retirement more holistically to go, okay, we've got your account-based pension. That's your access to capital. That's your rainy day stuff. We know that's going to go down over over time, but you're not stuck in a situation where you have to take the bare, you know, government mandated minimum because you've got a lifetime annuity to cover off your longevity risk. Because of course you don't know how long you're going to live. And this is the big issue when it comes to retirement is retirement day one is full of anxiety because that income has stopped. Um, I've got to rely on this pot of money that I've saved up my entire working life to be able to fund me for, you know, goodness knows how long. Um, so how am I going to cover off the other risks? So we wanted to take away, I guess, it's the emotional side of the, the product that's really important is going that stress and anxiety of getting into retirement and going, I've got this sorted from end to end. So I know at the start, I've got this pot of money. I know I've got my lifetime annuity that's investment linked. So over a 30 or 20 year time frame, depending on when you take it out, that should get a material amount of growth in terms of the income from that product. And I've also got the ability to be able to access more of my government entitlements because of the discount of that 40% of the capital that you put in, um, in this type of product. So in terms of looking at all of your, your asset base and making sure that you're covering off access to capital, that you've got longevity risk covered off, that you've got sequency risk covered off, and you're going into retirement emotionally stable, not fraught with anxiety and stress of how long is this money going to last me, and knowing that you can leave your house and you know part of your account-based pension perhaps as part of your legacy for your kids or, or for whoever you want to. So it's been really, really exciting to develop this product. We've got open architecture, so you choose your investment. Um, <clears throat> and we've also got the security of one of the, the world's top reinsurers that underwrite that guarantee for life. So um, that's with, with Hanover, who's one of the top three longevity risk insurers in the world with a double A minus credit rating, which is the same as our big four banks. So it really does give you that security that that income will be there for the rest of your life. That's exciting. And I guess for, for those playing at home with annuities and, and structure there, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Grant, but with the ways that sort of traditional annuities are structured, it really does depend on interest rates of the day. And so, uh, yeah, everybody's mind is now focused on interest rates. They're going up. What, what does that mean? And I mean, for, for my myself and, and yourself as well, we've, we've been living in basically this falling interest rate market probably at most of our uh, lives. And so those annuities really lock in uh, traditional annuities lock in an earning rate at um, the time that they're started, don't they? So people sort of get caught up in then, okay, if I'm I'm earning at a start an annuity back in the 80s, I might have a, a, a 15% interest rate. But if I'm doing it now, I'm, I might be getting locked in at a, a 1% or a 2% interest rate. Is that is that about right? 
Yeah, that's right. With traditional lifetime annuities, um, once you take out, if you've got a fixed rate, that's the fixed rate that you'll have um, until you pass away because that's when the product's finished. It's a lifetime annuity. So um, in terms of the way the dynamics of our product work, you choose your investment options. So if you believe over time that equity markets like your account-based pension that you know most people are invested um, obviously through equity markets, through the various super funds, is you think it's going to grow over time, well, go, go into those types of products. But if you want to go into something that's a little bit more conservative or something that is a fixed interest product, you can do that with ours. But at some point or another where you think, I want to take on a little bit more risk, you can do that. So depending on your risk profile, you know, your own objectives and situation, how much you've got in your entire financial landscape. So you look at it holistically, you just work out what is the asset class that I want to be in my lifetime annuity and what's the sort of growth that I want to take out of it. And if, you know, a lot of people, they might have quite a high account-based pension. So they're willing to take on a little bit more risk to get a lot of growth in this product. And then once their account-based pension perhaps dwindles down a little bit over over the course of their retirement and they've seen their income grow with their uh, lifetime annuity with life income, um, you might go, okay, I want to be a little bit more conservative and lock in that high level of growth of income that I've had and go into more of a, a fixed interest product. But it's the the absolute flexibility that you have in something like this with the innovations um, that Generation Life has bought that gives you that optionality now. But also the the great thing about it is the fact that you're able to get more of those government entitlements as well. That that Centrelink stuff, I mean, that, and as you were saying before, like that, that big mindset shift when we get to retirement, uh, we go through life accumulation, 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 and then we get to that retirement phase. And um, again, it's, it's most approved my job and, and most financial advisors, I would imagine, when people do get to retirement, is actually just sitting back and coaching people and saying, hey, you're going into drawdown phase now. So let's work out how we can structure this. And so it is really about, again, structuring your, your framework and going, right, what income do we need? How much does it cost to be you? What do we want coming in on the day-to-day? And then building an income strategy around that. And so, Grant, with, with that new product, and I'm probably asking some some dumb questions now because I'm yet to fully read all the, the, the product disclosure statements and all those sort of elements on it. But um, so how are you managing that downside risk? So... Again, if you invested three months ago, you'd probably look, be looking at your portfolio going, ah, oh, I've invested in the share markets and I'm down, I don't know, 5 to 10%, depending on what you've invested into. How is that risk managed? Is that through the reinsurers or is that sort of built into the back end of the structure? Yeah, so, so the way our lifetime annuity works, so we guarantee um, the 12 months worth of income. So you reset, you know, at every the start of every financial year, we guarantee um, the income for life. Yep. What we don't guarantee is the level of income that you receive from one year to the next, because that's, that's investment linked. Yep. So it's really determined on your risk profile. So if you want to go, you know, super conservative and more into the fixed interest space or, you know, some of these absolute return funds that, you know, the volatility is quite low, that's what you would choose in terms of your risk profile because there's a lot more predictability around it. You know, the, the variation in terms of the rise and fall of income from one year to the next will be, will be minimal um, when you're in that type of investment strategy versus if you're going for some sort of, you know, Australian equities, global equity strategy where you've got a 50-50 portfolio split, you might get a heap of growth, but your volatility could be a little bit more extreme. So it really depends on the individual and what they're trying to achieve um, over the course of their retirement and what phase or what part of that life cycle they're actually in. So we really give the optionality and um, our product is, is distributed only through financial advisors because we're big believers in financial advice. There is so much complexity when it comes to your financial you know, well-being and also 
all of the different rules and regulations and setting up things right, making sure you get the tax elements right, making sure that you've covered off longevity risk, you've covered off sequency risk, you, you know exactly what you're trying to achieve and removing that anxiety. A financial advisor is such an important part to be able to give that guidance that for us, we want to make sure that our product complements everything else that's trying to be achieved in someone's financial world. So we don't believe that our lifetime annuity is a silver bullet. It's just one element and you've got to know what that's for. That's there to make sure that you've got income for the rest of your life. So if there is a situation where you really outlive your life expectancy, you can do that. And also that income stream um, with our particular product can then be converted to um, your partner, so your spouse. Um, so if you were to pass away and that income stream was providing you, I don't know, $12,000 a year, that would automatically then default to, to your spouse if that's how you set the product up. So it's got that sort of flexibility in there and that additional support. And it's quite funny when I'm doing presentations um, around life income, uh, I, I often say to people, do you realize that a healthy couple that you know are age 67 today, one of them will be there living when they're 95 at least. So, you know, that's the probability that we're living in. So, you know, people see these life expectancies around 86 or 87 years of age, but the reality is that's only for half the population. There's the other half that are going to live well beyond that, uh, you know, along that sort of, you know, sort of into their 90s. So a lot of our calculators and tools where, you know, people can put in their financial situation with their financial advisor and actually have a look at what our life income will provide them in terms of um, return. And then what is their account-based pension based off the parameters that they've got in that? What are their non-financial assets? What's their age pension? You know, So we make sure that we've been able to cover off tools that actually support everything that you're trying to achieve, not just our particular product. Because we don't want to sell our product in isolation. That's not our goal. Our goal is to make sure that, hey, we do this part. We're, we're about longevity risk and we're about sequency risk. And for those of you who don't know, listening, longevity risk is basically how long you're going to live for and the risk of running out of money um, once you get, you're, you're getting quite old. So for us, we make sure that we incorporate all the other products and all of the tools and all of the marketing collateral and everything else that we're trying to do to support financial advisors and their clients. It is one of those the, the trickiest conversations and the trickiest part of the conversation. Uh, and, you know, I'll say to clients sometimes, look, if you give me your exact date and time of death, then we can create the perfect financial plan. But um, uh, unfortunately, life happens. And uh, I guess that's where, again, having that decision-making framework around your money is so important. And again, I, I echo that. Get advice. Get advice, get advice, get advice. But everyone's situation is different and unique. And so it's really just about framing it up around what you're trying to achieve as, as outcomes at the end of the day. And, and also, Scott, further to that point, it's just trying to remove the anxiety of retirement. So I think that's one thing I, I love about this particular product that we've developed at Generation Life. I, I often think of my mum and dad. They're age 76 and, you know, they're well and truly into their retirement. And I always think, is this a product I would like for them? And I, I would absolutely love it um, for them in their situation and knowing their sort of financial resources around them. And I think that's that's the ultimate test. Would I sell it to mum and dad? And I, I absolutely would be. And it's just so important, that aspect of financial advice, because you're right, you don't know what time, what day, what year you're going to pass away. And at the same time, you don't know what financial markets are going to do. So, but if you can go in there and you've got someone who can coach you and someone who can provide you, you know, the worst case, the best case, here's what you're trying to achieve. Here's what your expenditure and budget looks like. It just gives you that 
peace of mind because at the end of the day, you've worked so hard to get to retirement. You want to make sure that you can maximize your resources through that period. Also leave a legacy that you feel proud of. And at the same time, enjoy those years, tick off that bucket list, go on those holidays, particularly, you know, post COVID or the worst of COVID um, that we've been through. So, you know, you want to make sure you're able to support that and having someone in your corner who understands this stuff is just critical to achieving those outcomes. Yeah, so, so, so true. Uh, look, Grant, we, we do try and keep these episodes short and sweet. Uh, we, we are back to that commuting life now. So uh, it's been great to have you on and great to connect with you. Any uh, parting words or thoughts before we wrap up? You know, I think the, the one thing that's just so important when it comes to, to your finances and your financial well-being is just having a plan. You know, like anything in life, when you, whenever you want to achieve a goal, whenever you've done well, I think most people put a plan in place and they've got goals because those goals then create day-to-day disciplines. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So I really learned that through my swimming career, like from a very young age, just having that goal setting and then having the execution day-to-day of grinding away and doing the hard work and then getting the results. And it's been the same in business. And I find it's the same with your finances as well. So if you've got a good plan, you've got good support around you and you know exactly where you're going, then you're more likely to, to achieve your objectives. So I think from, from my perspective as someone in financial services and working with financial practices a lot, I would say, you know, absolutely make sure you figure out where you're going and what you're doing and, and have the right plan and people in your corner to achieve it. Fantastic. I, I love it. That's a, a great place to uh, to wrap up. And look, I'll, I'll put uh, Grant's uh, contact details uh, on there so you can uh, go go reach out. I'll, I'll make sure I, uh, I check the, the Twitter handles or anything like that if, uh, if, if you're on Twitter or anything, Grant. But, um, and I think the other thing our, our guests will probably be doing is uh, going and Googling uh, the, the Voltron 4. So I'm, I'm having a, after your comments earlier, I'm uh, going to go and watch some uh, old school Voltron 4 uh, episodes. I think it's five out. tigers that joined together. It was really cool. Trust me. If I found one now, I'd probably buy it. But look, th- thanks so much for, for coming along, Grant. It's been a, a great to uh, have you here and uh, great to talk about, as I say, one of those those oldest forms of financial products, but just some of those innovations that are happening as well. And as, as you said, it's really about having a framework, get your game plan right. And then when it does come to that retirement planning, a lot about mindset, but also then about getting the right things in play. And so it could be a combination and, and often is that combination approach of uh, an annuity or a, a fixed income. It could be then uh, a, a more market linked income and then Uh, some Centrelink or Age pension that that flows through as well. So again, get advice, get advice, get advice. Thanks again, folks. Great to have you listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please uh, rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts or where you are listening to us. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.